Welcome to the Bottle of Brown podcast. This is a bonus section from episode 8 with Bo Firethorn and Mr. Jones. We call these bonuses Make It a Double because we want more brown from that episode's bottle. In this Make It a Double, I talk to the boys about world travel and what effects the 2020 pandemic might have on people's willingness to travel and get back out into the world. Thanks for listening. things up here. I have the benefit of having two of the single most prolific world travelers on this episode. And I've been somewhere between a fifth to a tenth of the countries you guys have. So I'm very interested. Yeah, but your total flights are, uh, are something on the order of 800%. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> mileage, mileage wise, I probably got you guys. But in terms of cultures, languages, climate, cuisine. There is a breadth of human experience that you guys have had that is going to have a strong effect on your worldview. Now, one of my favorite quotes is from Alexander von Humboldt is to um, the people that scare me is to have a view of the world who haven't viewed the world. So whenever I think of people that maybe haven't been out of their hometown who start telling me what the world should do or what other countries should do or what other cultures should do, uh, the first thing I do is laugh because it's silly to me. But then it's kind of scary because there are people in positions of power on this planet who have not gone beyond their boundaries. So with that being said, what scares me is somebody in a position of power who has not walked down a street where they can't read the signs, who has not had to negotiate with somebody that speaks a different language, has not had to figure out the basics of currency exchanges, has not had to figure out what it means to be a human on this planet. Um, I'm gonna go deep on this one, guys, and this, this kind of walks the edge of the business portion of this podcast, but we're all required to stay home now. We're all required to be homebodies. We're all required to be small town people. Nobody wants to get on a plane. Nobody wants to get in a car and drive. Nobody wants to think about the world outside because it came from a wet market in China or it's being completely setting the southern section of Europe on fire. It's eventually going to take over Latin America. This particular moment in time is we're, we're kind of folding inside and we're imploding to an effect. So I'd like your guys' take on what do you think is going to happen because of this? Is it going to be a complete trampoline rebound and people are going to get on planes, they're going to get in cars, they're going to get out and taste <laughs> the delicious food, they're going to go engage with somebody that's unlike themselves because familiarity breeds contempt and they've been inside for weeks at a time? Or do you think couple of weeks of doing the same thing ingrains habits and people will be less likely to go out and seek the other. Well, here's the thing about that kind of um, untraveledness. I mean, the thing that scares me about that isn't necessarily that somebody hasn't been exposed to 
proper northern Thai food, which I mean, everybody is missing out on one of life's great pleasures if they haven't been exposed to proper northern Thai food. Hot damn. Um, but the thing that I mean, the danger to me comes comes from the ability to define others as other, to, to define people in Thailand as being these third world, you know, bumpkins who don't know anything because they live in an economy that isn't the U.S. Um, the ability to write off entire segments of humanity as less, uh, or even just fundamentally other. I mean, there's this, that's the worst thing I think about people who haven't, uh, who haven't traveled and who haven't found that in other ways because you don't have to travel to, to realize this, but um, we are not so different. And it's, it's such a cliched thing to say, but it's absolutely true. And it's the, the core of what scares me about, um, about a lot of, you know, sort of politicians these days is that they are trying that age old tactic of using the other to drum up uh, hatred and division and to play it for their own political ends. Uh, and if you've lived elsewhere, and even if you haven't lived elsewhere, if you just have a basic understanding of what human beings are, you'll understand that, that it's not us and them, it's not Americans and everybody else. It's, you know, everybody's people and some have better advantages and some have, you know, better educational systems and some have better opportunity. But there are wonderful people all over the earth. And what I hope we see demonstrated to us in this crisis is that uh, it doesn't really matter right now if you're rich or poor or whatever. We are, we're not in the same boat, but we're in the same storm, as they say. And that, I feel like, what I hope people take away from this is a, is a sort of fundamental knowledge or realization that we're not that different and that you know, hating other people or just defining them as, as fundamentally different from us uh, based on where they are or what they believe in is absolute nonsense. Do I think that's going to happen? I'm not that big an optimist. <laughs> I was going to be like, uh... but, but I mean, if if, so, if people could take away one thing, that's what I would have them take away from this, is that you're not that different from somebody in sub-Saharan Africa uh, at the end of the day. You know, you let there be a pandemic. We're all, you know, we're all just trying to duck it and not die. What about you, Jay? You know, it's it's an interesting kind of like thing is that, you know, um, you know, before I met, uh, T is that like my life had been that way. I had really ever, I hadn't left the North America yet. I, I went to, no, I don't think I'd even been to Hawaii yet. I, I all had been to Canada and Mexico doing, you know, taco runs on Tuesday because I was hungry for some fish tacos. I mean, they were the greatest and I still would do it tomorrow if I could just be a longer drive. Um, but I want some tacos. I want some tacos. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the Germans haven't figured it out. <laughs> Neither have the ties, by the way. That was the worst meal I've ever had in my life. Fucking SpaghettiOs. Oh, my God. So bad. Um, but to my point is that uh, I was isolated my, you know, pretty much up until I became an adult. And then it was only when I met T is that, you know, we, we hatched this plan to go this trip around the world. And that exposure was what was so treasured to me because I was opened up to it. And what's interesting is that. I bring it full circle back to like my sibling and, you know, 
how they haven't really left in in um i i I want them to kind of you know experience that third world kind of kind of aspect because there are a lot of people in america who have not been to asia and haven't been to europe and haven't been to africa and haven't been to india and haven't ever had to experience those things and i think to, to the point of it is it um it just shows you that like your bubble can be burst in that other people live completely different lives, but their lives go on and we all are the same and we all have our own interests and everything. But um, what's sad about this is that I think there'll be a loss of those experiences in the sense to your point that will travel really can uh, continue for a while. I don't know. You could look at like two years or whatever before, you know, real travel starts coming back and people start taking vacations again. Um, and even what that looks like too is, you know, the virus kind of comes back year after year after year. And we have to do an annual vaccine or whatever the case may be. So I think to the to the situation that, you know, you want people to be more inclusive and still exclusive. I think that the problem is, is that we're going to be more isolated. And in doing so, we're going to become more dr- dramatized by, you know, our own beliefs and not really doing anything different, sadly. I'd like to point out one, one sort of ancillary thing here, which is that... Uh, this is, you know, we're thinking about this from our perspective, being the ones who buy uh, the flights and go to the places and support the tourist economies. I am really interested in what's going to happen in economies like Thailand and other places that are so dominated by tourist dollars, uh, because it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, having lived in Thailand so long, um, I can't, you know, disavow tourism. I mean, it, it supports so many people and it's built a middle class in a place where there wasn't one uh, before. And the, the economic transformation that Thailand has gone through since the 70s um, is amazing. I mean, the number of people who were pulled out of poverty, the, you can't really argue against it that much. But the cultural changes that are brought by a constant rising uh, influx of tourists, uh, you know, also can't be overstated i mean the the changes that that makes in a in a culture so i'm interested what happens if this carries on for a couple of years how how the culture in those places changes and reacts to not being dominated by foreign tourist dollars for so long yeah what you end up with is a depression and typically in depressed times people look for strong men or authoritarian leaders or at least the majority look for strong men and authoritarian leaders. So I, I was curious about that. It probably does have a lot to do with whether or not you can weather the storm. It sounds like from all the headlines that New Zealand and Sweden are going to come out of this as big winners because they were able to handle it. And then you've got some economies that are based on tourism or outside money coming in that are going to be completely devastated. Um, I share your enthusiasm and optimism. I hope we all look at this as like, yeah, that person over there was just as miserable in quarantine as I was, or that person really, really just wanted to go to the store. Or that person really just wanted to drop their kids off at daycare for a day versus the fact that- We're all looking for toilet paper, man. Yeah, everybody's scrambling to, to deal with this problem rather than that person of Chinese descent, probably their asshole grandfather who had the bat. I would hope that we went to the point of we all had to do this together and it, it, it strengthens our humanity. Like when you meet somebody go, yeah, man, where were you in the great pandemic of 2020? Rather than continuing to look at the other or the outside. Um, ultimately, I think 
to, to bring it back to, to our wheelhouse here, ultimately business relies on the cultivation of a relationship with the customer. And if you're doing this based on the advancement of humanity or the accumulation of dollars, you really got to know that that person or that customer shouldn't matter. It should be about the, the relationship, the transaction of goods and services. So I'm hoping that this experience gives people a newfound appreciation for their own humanity or a sense of gratitude rather than it solidifying the habits of the hermit to the point of where your world is just fine. That's, that's, it's certainly teaching people that it can change in a heartbeat. And that's, I think, key to staying humble is knowing that, you know, you can plan and you can prepare, but ultimately a lot of it rests on the toss of the coin. And maybe you prepared like hell, but you prepared for the wrong crisis. Well, you, know? you, you touched <laughs> on a good point here, which, which will kind of dovetail a little bit into parenting, which is the third leg of the stool in this little endeavor of mine is when we're talking about my eight-year-old and my four-year-old, one of my eight-year-old's favorite questions is, dad, who's the strongest whatever? Who's the most powerful transformer? Who is, who is the, who's the most strongest Jedi? And I keep telling him, buddy, strength is relative. So what are we talking about here? We, we're talking about a fish's ability to climb a tree. I mean, we're, you know, and I try and break down the question. To him, it's, it's very simply, what's the biggest and the best? You know, he loves the great white shark. He loves the Tyrannosaurus Rex. He loves Darth Maul because he's a, an original um, one, two, three Star Wars kid. Like he's, he's a Clone Wars kid. But then I tell him, look at all of the strength and all of the power of all of these creatures. And then look at this tiny little virus that took them all down. <laughs> I made him watch Sword in the Stone a couple of weeks ago. And that's how Merlin eventually defeats Madame Mim as he turns into a germ. <laughs> and so this gigantic, so ferocious purple dragon who's breathing flames <laughs> and the background of the screen gets dark and the music changes to this ominous tone. And he just goes, I'm a germ. And you caught me, Mim. And I paused the movie and I said, <laughs> buddy, point. lesson, pay attention. <laughs> So yeah, the the volatility of of life, I think, is a good opportunity for gratitude. Final thoughts from anybody? Well, that's that's what's gotten me through this whole thing from start to finish. I mean, I have anxiety issues, even in general. I mean, uh, who doesn't these days? But um, at the start of this, I was terrified, and uh, a lot of what got me through was just re hashing in my head all the ways in which this could be a lot worse. I mean, this is COVID, which is terrible, certainly for certain subgroups of, of the population, but it's not Ebola. It's not a flesh-eating thing. You know, the terror. It's not zombies. That. I, I don't even, it's not zombies. I don't even want to think about that. Um, you know, if it, compare it to historical plagues, you know, I mean, just the, the, death rate the you know just there's so many ways that it could have been worse and that's not to downplay what we have because I, I feel like a lot of people do that to downplay what this is and i don't want to do that because it's very serious and a lot of people aren't taking it seriously enough but uh it is something we can remind ourselves of uh when we feel at our bleakest and and like why should we have hope and and whatever else i mean ultimately 
we have that. We have the internet. We have the ability to work from home on a massive, you know, societal scale. Some people are left out from that, and that's awful. We need to take care of those people uh, because they didn't know that they should have strategically taken a job that they could have done by Zoom. I mean, um, that's not how we live our lives, and it's not how we should live our lives. Um, so we should be society. You know, society should be taking care of those who couldn't have planned for this. Um, but in the meantime, we should all be reminding ourselves of how many ways it could be, could have been worse. And all of the luck that we've had to find ourselves in this particular historical crisis, rather than almost any of the ones that have come before. Cause if I had to pick, this is the one. This is the one. <laughs> how about you, Jay? Um, you know, I, I will say that, you know, for, to, to the kind of building on that point is, you know, we have been quite lucky in the sense that like we had, you know, the means that we could have a shelter in place where we had a home to go to. And, you know, we weren't like the somewhere in like the Indian migrants or the, you know, the, the, the people from Central America here in the United States who, who have migrated up here and can't get home or whatever the case is because the borders are closed or the lockdowns have come, come forth. So it's like, you know, to that point is that yeah, this is not Ebola, um, you know, mirrors a little bit more Spanish flu and whatnot but you know it's it's bad and it sucks to see the loss of life it's, it's such a drastic level that it's creating um and we're just at the beginning we're, I don't even got I gotta say it we're just at the beginning it's it's gonna be a while it's this isn't something that like there's a there's a magic pill like we always want is to make Americans feel really good just take this pill and you'll feel great it's not the case here something's gonna go on for a while and it will be eventually, but people will protest it because it causes autism. Or something, like something nonsense. It's like, oh, well, you can create polio in your body. And it's like, are you, you already had that vaccine, people. Stop it. Um, but to, to that kind of aspect is that, you know, it's we're, we're in uncharted territories for, you know, call it most living humans. Um, short for people who had to, in Africa, who had to deal with the, uh, the Ebola outbreak. It's definitely something we'll just have to kind of um, stick together and hopefully, you know, the right leaders make the right decisions and the doctors do what the doctors do. And, um, you know, we, we, we do what we can, but I am, I am scared for the next three weeks. I think it's going to be very, very, the, what will, what will be told kind of how this thing comes out of it for the rest of the year will be told in the next three to four weeks or whatever in a month. So, um, we come back, uh, you know, call it June 1st and we'll see where we are and it could be worse, it could be better. Y'all don't know. This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>